Today on Alabama Unfiltered, we talk with Caleb Crosby, the president of Alabama Policy Institute, and we're going to walk through with him his legislative scorecard that API put out just recently. See what he thinks, hear the reactions from Montgomery, and see if this is anything you can use as you go to the voting booth next week. Stay tuned. Welcome into Alabama Unfiltered. I am one of your hosts, Scott Beeson. I'm here with Amy Beth Shaver, Allison Sinclair. We'll introduce our guest momentarily. Don't forget, like I said, this is Alabama Unfiltered, powered by 1819 News, and you need to sign up for it. Make sure you get the podcast. You can find it at 1819news.com. You can find it over where the Apple podcasts are, Spotify, any place where you find your podcast. Check us out. Give us a thumbs up. Give us five stars. You know you can find it there. Ladies, how are y'all? We're good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Are you going to introduce this strange person that's no, at our table? No, that is, this is, this is your show. You've <laughs> orchestrated this, and I want you to introduce and tell us what we're doing because we're getting ready for the primaries, right? Gosh, thank goodness we're a week away. Like, raise so your hand if you're ready time. for this to be over. No more commercials. Oh, it just mean, can't come, on. come quickly enough. Now the runoffs may be worse. But I'm super excited because we have Caleb Crosby here, president of the Alabama Policy Institute. Welcome, sir. Thank you. And um, it's my understanding this is the first time you've been on a podcast in a while. And I don't know if you've been on, you you didn't make it to Brian's podcast either, Mm -hmm. did you? No, I've never made on any of the 18th. Really? They didn't didn't think enough of you to bring you on to a podcast I've ever had. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I was shocked. (laughs) I got invited. I mean, it's a big deal. Well, Allison was determined. There's no doubt about it. She was like, I'm going to have Caleb on. It's going to be great. Yeah, our well, first text said, just think about it. And then right. the next one was like, you have to do You it. have to be here. <laughs> what, what day? I gave yeah. you two you days tried to too. make You're it. like, okay, I can only do it the day before y'all usually do it. So hopefully you, no, you will change your genius, mind. Because I said, think about it. And by the time two days later went by, he thought it was his idea. And he yeah. was like, yeah. Well, I definitely right. want to be on. Right. Actually, I'm reading a book called Thank You for Arguing. And it's actually one of the... The, one of their ideas in there is to make people think it was their idea. It's hmm. genius. Well played, Sinclair. Yeah. Husbands well, tried no. that for years and years and years. No, That's not a new idea. Who outed that? Wives can really pull that really? off. Yeah. I mean, would you not agree? Yeah. You know? Yeah, because it mean, doesn't work very well at my because house. Because we like I try to make it be her Kids idea. Kids do a good job. Kids do a good job. Yeah, actually, they really do. Yeah. Wow. They're master manipulators. Which, speaking of manipulators... <laughs> Is that our transition? This is our transition. (laughs) How about that election? We're having Caleb on because recently um, the Alabama Policy Institute put out its 2022 legislative scorecard, which caused quite the upheaval in Montgomery. I don't know if you know that. It did. Have you heard? Hmm. Um, May have gotten a few texts. Were people bothered? I mean, you know, it is interesting and we'll get there and we'll talk about it because some of the more conservative legislators that are like, I really like that you Mm -hmm. can go to and count on for a solid filibuster Mm -hmm. of medical marijuana or some of these issues scored really low. Um, This year was a little different because they had the platform, the policy platform, which I want you to talk about and kind of set that up because they did have, hey, this is what we're looking for. They basically had a cheat sheet Mm -hmm. and most all of them failed. Mm So talk to us about how the um, scorecard started and then why you did the policy platform. And then we'll kind of get into the actual scorecard for this year. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Allison. Thank you guys for, for having me. I really appreciate it. But scorecard something that since I've been involved in API for 11 years has always come up and I've generally resisted it because never seen scorecards work all that well. I remember when Heritage first switched and did a scorecard and you had these huge omnibus bills and the legislator voted for what they thought 80% was good. And they got mm-hmm. deemed because yeah. 20% was bad. And they're like, I, you know, what do I do? And so it was something we finally came to the realization that just giving policy and research wasn't working, that there need to be a mechanism, particularly as Republicans were dominating the state and all statewide elected offices. And every year I would get mail pieces like I am now saying I'm the most conservative, fiscal conservative, limited government, just throw down warrior. Right, right, right. Fight for you every day. Yeah, and the votes then weren't being there, and it wasn't because we weren't giving them great policy ideas to execute on the principles they said they had. And so there had to be a mechanism, particularly as media then began to also not cover as, as aggressively as they did, that you would see the dynamic of they would tell their constituents I'm this way, 
They would vote different and they'd give town halls and still say they were this way. Mm-hmm. On the same day, by the way. <laughs> I, 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 I have seen the same day. But you don't yes. I have seen day. them vote <laughs> against a group of people and then go right out and tell them how they're fighting for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've absolutely seen yep. it. So on ours, we laid out that we had very core principles with how we would do a scorecard. Uh, one of those is we would always say in advance what was going to be scored. Never a gotcha score, never looking back now with 2020 vision to say, boy, it was a bad idea now that we, what we know now. I want to be very respectful respectful of each legislature to say, here's what we're scoring and why. And it wasn't just this is what we're scoring. It was, and here's a whole paper and analysis behind why we think this and would this be a vote. And this is the platform, yes no. kind of the, 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 the entire platform. platform did not get key voted. So a couple of okay. other components of this was we weren't just going to key vote a whole bunch of stuff that was never going to happen. It had to be either specific legislation that was dropped, so reality that may come into play, or it was conveyed that this is coming and this is what was going to happen. Um, so that you just didn't have all these key votes all over the place. Um, right. So that was that was really the key piece. And you know, even when this first came out uh, two years ago, you know, Todd Stacy noted that when he was still objective out there and he was saying that it was different from Mm -hmm. others because they committed to always uh, telling in advance what they're going to score no that's important because i can remember scorecards through the years that would would come back and and you would you get a grade and i I will say most of the time i was in the top couple i was very disappointed if i wasn't the the most conservative and people whoever managed to get that spot would just give me grief for a whole year (laughs) but but there would be these odd little votes like um and you were like, well, how did how did that get on the scorecard? And it was apparent that they had manipulated, picked out the score. They looked at it and said, oh, my gosh, uh, somebody is really more conservative than that. So let's change this around and, and right. this wouldn't matter. But but y'all basically said, here here's a list of good policies. Mm-hmm. Most Alabamians would read those policies and say, yes, that's what we ought to be doing. And and put it out there ahead of time and say, this is what we expect. And the, and the interesting thing is, I think people miss it, um, even talking about the scorecard, all of the all of these special interest groups, whether it's uh, the Business Council, uh, an Alpha, AEA, whoever, they have a, a sheet that has their expectations on it. Mm-hmm. Now, it mm-hmm. might only be talked about in a secret meeting with the candidate, mm-hmm. but they have expectations and then they grade people just like it. It may not be a public scorecard, but they will say, hey, you know, you're not really a friend to us because you didn't vote on these you're two. You're not getting that money so next wh- year. So what you're doing is out in the open, public, and they knew the scorecard was coming. Mm-hmm. Because on this on this platform, the um, legislative policy platform, did you send this to every legislator? Um, and so they received it, and yep. basically it says it offers a reminder of where a conservative legislator or candidate should stand on important issues. They had a heads up. I mean, it's right here. You can find it at alabamapolicy.org. Mm-hmm. Budget and tax reform, one of the big keys in both the scorecard and um, this platform, there's a lot of budget, financial, fiscally responsible issues. Um, and I think that's where a lot of, and we'll get there, a lot of the legislators kind of fell through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, school choice was on the platform, medical marijuana, gambling and lottery. So they have this, they're looking at this. So should they really be surprised when things don't go the way they think they should? Yeah. And to be fair, I don't think that, that they were surprised about what was scored. I I think just that no one's really focused in on the budgets in so long Mm because the budgets are are what tanked most legislators, Mm -hmm. particularly the ones Mm -hmm. that had hundreds last year. Um, cause you know, pretty much everybody voted for the budget. There was also that house bill, the anti-protest bill, I call it in the house that every Republican house member voted for too, which we could talk about that one. But Allison, so we, the, the platforms there, but we also sent on January the 14th, okay. an email went out to every legislator and we did a press release announcing at that stage what the key votes were. Okay. Right. And then as other things came about, like on the 24th, we added the grocery tax repeal as a key vote. Email goes to the legislature, has a different heading, different title, look and feel different so it doesn't get lost in your email. And then we also do a press release saying, hey, be aware. Right. This will be on the scorecard. Yeah. Yeah. And what we've communicated from the beginning is the time to be upset about the grade and the scorecard is if you disagree with how we scored something. So you thought we said vote no and you think it should be yes. That's we want to have that debate. Or something should have been on there. It wasn't or something or vice versa. That's where we should have those debates. And so I didn't receive any feedback from anyone except for the budget 
um, but not till we key voted um, the supplemental the, the, from last year. Mm-hmm. Right. They said that was the, the first time they'd seen it. The spending the extra money. The Make sure you beyond, tell people what that beyond is. Beyond extra right. over the top <laughs> spending. <laughs> right, right. Um, when that one was key voted, then they were like, oh, wait, you're, you're voting budget? So I'm like, yeah, we told you that in January. Right. Um, but other than that, I didn't hear from anybody complaining. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where you, to me, that's where you have the robust debates. It feels, it feels a little bit like the end of school and the kid who didn't mm. do their homework comes right. to like, hey, can I get some extra credit? <laughs> right. You know, right. It's it, like, it's May. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. You knew. You, no, you can't get any extra credit. Right. It, so right. why are you surprised? Right. And, it, and yes, and really, that book report was there. Was, that was scored. Right. Yes. We <laughs> said there was going to be a book report. <laughs> no, it was on the syllabus <laughs> or whatever they call them. And, you know, you don't right. get to make it up. Right. Yeah. But budgets, if you look through there and how things are graded and weighted, it's a couple of different things that, that you have such a stark difference for certain legislators from last year. One, you know, the grocery tax didn't come about. Mm-hmm. They, you know, if that would have been a vote, mm-hmm. I think that would have separated a lot of people. Right. If they would have put a school choice bill on the floor and either side would have gotten a vote for that, that would have weighed it. So right. none of the pro vote yes bills, very minimum, few of those actually got opportunity to vote, which you, I would have thought in election year a lot of these would. That hurt. And so, and then the budget, you know, pieces were big deal, especially with the supplemental. Mm-hmm. That's what tanked. And, you know, that's, it wasn't that all the ones who performed poorly here have always voted against big, ever increasing budgets, because this is the third record setting budget in right. a row. Um, it's just that they're, for whatever reason, I've had a lot of these conversations with legislators, they believe that this is being good stewards. Spending they, every dime they can possibly get. Not well, giving it back to the people. Well, it's because they would say they're not taking more. They're just, they're, they haven't really raised taxes outside of gas. And we could argue some of these others, but they would say they hadn't voted on anything maybe outside of gas, which only goes to roads and bridges. But that, that they got more because of their good stewardship. Oh, they've been, they have been such they're being good rewards. They're opposite like, day. <laughs> but this, this they're is, such good gardeners that they're wow. just, they're just benefiting in the, the but, blessings of, yeah. How good they were. Because really? Republicans have been good stewards and had good policy. It's creating this surplus to where now they can now take these funds and, and start solving real problems. Mm. Okay. Because okay. I think oh, you, so you were worried about deficits, I think, the entire time you were there. Oh, we right? were always, always we like, were where always in the world behind. are we going right. to be able to pay for right. these expenses? Right. And, and how are we ever going to have a rainy day fund? And what happens when the budget's turned down? And, right. and they're spending it. I guess they probably haven't refunded all those emergency accounts either. Mm-mm. So with when they have a downturn, I can hear them already. You know, proration, proration. We're broke. We're broke. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's wow. it is absolutely yeah. coming. I, I told some other day in leadership we're meeting. He was talking about well, we've socked this money away and we've socked this money away and we put this away. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said people are. I mean, they're hurting right now. Right. Everything's right. more expensive. This is their money, not yours to sock away. I said, what, what, what did you understand is when you leave office, I want that place broke. I, yes. I won't just like yes. no money's anywhere. Why, yeah. why are we trying to fatten government? We, who's our yes. potentially going to be our enemy at some point, if not already is, and reign tyranny. I want them broke. I don't want them having coffers We used to talk all the time about starving the beast. The only way you can get the government to ever go back is you have to starve the beast. Absolutely. And and they're not starving the beast. They're just, no. and, and they won't be able to go backwards on anything. Correct. Yeah. So we got Department yeah. of Treasury. Transportation is apparently armed, and they're stockpiling <laughs> piles of cash. I mean, oh, it feels so good. Yeah, right. But that's where you hit this when you were talking about just a second ago. It's a whole paradigm shift that Montgomery needs because they see it as their money, mm-hmm. and it's not. Mm-hmm. It's the people's money, yep. and they are called to be good stewards of it. Being a good steward is when inflation is rising faster than labor wages. You give it back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, and you write in this letter in the front of the um, scorecard, you say over the past four years, Alabama's government grew by more than a third. That's insane. 36%. And put this, put this in context, California over the same period, 30%. New York, 27 Georgia, purple state, decreased by 2.9%. Right. That's where, so last year, we didn't score budgets. That we, mm-hmm. we debated that internally. Mm-hmm. The debate was... This is going to be such a shock and awe for legislators who've been kind of brainwashed this mentality that this is the you know government's money. We want to spend a whole year educating and trying to mm-hmm. rewire. So we spent and then, and I've, we pulled articles back to 2003 where we were talking about surplus should be returned. So it's right. not new. Right. So we even gave off another full year 
to say, maybe we need to really soft load this. And so. Well, I, I think y'all were supportive years ago when we were talking about the tax expenditure limitations. Yeah. The, you know, Colorado, I think, had one at that time. And, and we had a chance to pass it during um, uh, Bob Riley's billion dollar tax increase years and years and years ago. And it was an amendment because I had it. Got shot down by the guy who eventually became Speaker of the House. <clears throat> He's preoccupied right now. In jail? Yes. That's, that's what preoccupied means in the nice way. I mean, he could be like gardening well, no, or something. sure no. that everybody knew in, in prison. Jail. Sorry, I just had to say that. <laughs> but, but still, I mean, it, it, it's... Throughout the years, there were so many things that we said that we couldn't do supposedly because someone said we don't have the money. We don't have the money. We can't do school choice because we don't have the money. We right. can't do it because it'll take money away from the classroom. And now that we're just rolling in cash, growing the size of the state budget by leaps and bounds, they're not funding the things that we said we would do mm -hmm. if we had money. And that and the frustration level. All right, and another thing from the past. And I don't know if you remember Caleb or not. Someone had done a study about the size and number of state employees and how much was spent. And years ago, Alabama was spending like a billion dollars more than our surrounding sister states when everything was, was normalized for how many state employees there were and all this kind of stuff. So we were already spending way more as a state government based on per capita than, than, that, than, than everyone else. Yeah. And I can't remember who did that. And I bet now it's... It may be two billion a year more. Well, it per seems capita. like small government, less government, reducing the size of government. I thought it was a pillar of the conservative platform mm -hmm. to reduce government. So we have this overwhelmingly majority of Republican conservative legislators, and they are clearly doing the opposite. And one thing before we get into the scorecard, I want to talk about is the um, you kind of you have a little disclaimer after your letter talking about lack of leadership or terrible leadership, um, they led us, but they led us in the wrong direction and how a lot of these really good bills never even made it up for a vote. What is going on in Montgomery? Because if, if you go through and you look up Matt McCutcheon and you look up Klaus and you look up Ledbetter and you look up some of these Jabbo, you look up some of these senators and these leaders, they're like the bottom of the wrong and they're supposed to be leading like the reddest of the reddest states. What's going on? It's bizarre. Does anybody have a theory? I mean, I, I think to go along with that, the other question is when did we shift into becoming a big government pretending to be Republicans, pretending to care about fiscal responsibility? Like, when did this happen? Um, it seems like it happened when the Republicans took over. Do you think it, was, it, it did? Was a, it was a. It was probably two years, maybe three years, probably 2013. We probably had a two good years of decent reform after Republicans took over. And then as we got ready for that next election in 14, Everybody started looking around going, hey, who's going to help me get elected? What am I going to do? Oh, the lobbyists are going to help. So is special that the interest. motivator to make sure you're back the next election cycle? I mean, you don't hear any, spe you don't hear any special interest out of is Montgomery it, complaining about any of this. Is any is everybody compromised, blackmailed? I wouldn't say they're compromised and blackmailed. It is, it is just an easier road to hoe. It is easier to be reelected if Montgomery is happy with you. Because so the people that's where don't the, matter? I didn't say people don't matter. But, but I mean, to them. But the reality is people don't matter. Well, it felt like right. almost the leadership that was supposed to be conservative, fighting conservative values and issues was really against us. Yeah. I mean, there are some really good bills but, that could but, have come up, and you talk about this, that were never even brought up in committee. But go back and find out how people became leadership. Lobbyists are involved in that in those races. Lobbyists are working for candidates. How Lob does that work? That's how it works. Lobbyists are involved. They, they, they help. They go, hey, you know, you're you're one of our guys. You're friends. We really think so and so ought to be speaker. We really think so and so ought to get this. Okay, is that that's who y'all are for? Yeah, that's who we're for. So they're working it in the background all the time. So you end up with people who care more about what special interest wants the big people, the good old boys, than they are what people want. And, and it's the greatest example is if you're trying to do what the people want, trying to do these things, 
you will end up with this group, this group, and this group all against you, all willing to spend big money against you in a campaign. And then you go home and you try to raise money and you get 10 people give you $100. So now you're at $1,000 and that won't buy... So the good guys they won't can't buy win. two two TV ads on a mm. a major news network. So we're kind of always behind because people don't keep up. But it's these kinds of things. It's this it's this scorecard. This is the kind of thing that will help regular people keep up and actually Does that um, hold them accountable. Yes, and it, it requires them to to do something that they've promised that they're probably campaigning on. But without these things. All we have to make up our minds about when we're picking candidates is how good are their commercials mm -hmm. and do they seem really folksy and do they have a picture with, you know, in front of a church with a tractor and a dog and, and a, a gun, gun and Bible. So That's do legislators pay attention to the Bible? Well, the church. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I did the church but if for. you're in front of a church with a Bible then you're and a gun, really, really, even really better. solid. <laughs> really solid. It makes me nervous. But that, that I, know. I think that's the key. And, and I, I think Caleb would agree that. Most legislators are driven, and I think I've said this on the show, they're driven more by fear mm. than they are about philosophy. So if if the API scorecard begins to make people fearful because the public is looking at it and they're going and they're saying, hey, look, that's why Why are you not for that? That's uh, That makes perfect sense. Oh, I, can, I even read the white paper. That makes perfect sense. Mm. How did you vote no? That's mm. the kind of thing that causes people to, legislators, to change direction. Oh my word. You're frustrated yet? No, I'm just I'm I'm trying to comprehend. So let me ask you this. You guys have done these scorecards for how many years again? This is only the second, second year. Second year. And both scores in there with a lifetime. Because mm -hmm. before we would have the notebook and I was an intern at API when I was a very young child. So I remember the notebook. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is way better than the notebook, but I didn't think that. What it had was been in out the notebook? Long. Um, it was kind of like a heritage foundation deal where we would have lots of information on how they voted, you know, what they were voting on. It was very right. different than this. This you right. can take, read it, and go, I totally haven't understood. Like, the right. best thing we could do is hand these out, like, yeah. the day before the election and make sure people right. have read this. Well, people yeah. understand scores. They do. But back when, you know, y'all would give us a white paper, I'm like, oh, yeah. my gosh, for 45 minutes. Yeah, but the white minutes, papers are so 45 good. minutes later, yes, the Wait, nerdy people, the but paper? we understand scores. <laughs> Deep dive into yeah, we, issues. You learn all about the policy. More than oh, you would ever want. Yeah. Okay. So when people person. came to you and you got texts that were less than thrilled with how they scored, mm -hmm. how do you how do you respond to them beyond guys? Hello, we were like waving the planes in, saying this is coming. Right. How else do you respond? At first, it's usually I can't believe you gave him that score. <laughs> or said he wasn't conservative or she it's wasn't conservative. Fault. And I'm like, we didn't get, we didn't manipulate this. You know, it's, this is the score. We were given the answers to the test and we're just reflecting how you responded. And then it's, I can't believe you scored the budgets. Again, if this was, oh, just, the good old, if this was just good old ordinary broke Alabama budgets, I think that you could make a case. Right. But again, that we just outspent the increase in our state spending. And remember, this is we're only talking about money they took from Alabamians. We're not talking about the forty-six mm. billion dollars that came here from the feds, which sixteen of that went directly to government. Sixteen billion. So if ever there was a time to cut, so. A lot of camps around, they'll call me and say, hey, I'm talking about these grocery taxes. And I keep getting asked, well, where are you going to cut? Are you going to cut teachers? I'm like, you don't cut anything. You right. stop the increase. They right. haven't even spent it yet. There's nobody to fire. Right. You know, this is the perfect time. There's surplus money that hasn't mm -hmm. even been allocated. So you don't cut anything. You just stop increasing spending. And so I think it was a really historic opportunity to look at and say, well, how big is too big? Because mm -hmm. you'd say, well, where did they get all this excess money? Part of it we know is the gas tax increase. Part of it they decided they're going to start collecting all the internet sales tax. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. almost five hundred yeah. million dollars. Um, was it really five hundred million dollars? That was that was last year. Mm -hmm. um, cor the corporate income tax. Remember when Trump did his tax uh, mm -hmm. plan? Right. Mm -hmm. It eliminated you being able to deduct your state income taxes, and so all these corporations didn't pay any additional tax. 
they just what they were sending to the Fed when the rate came down from thirty something to twenty, all that went to the state. So the state had a windfall mm. of four hundred sixty three million. And so it wasn't because the economy was doing so great, although we have, we're having a pretty good economy. It wasn't just the ordinary. They create a whole bunch of new streams of revenue that came in. So um, now I know why y'all are for getting rid of the grocery tax. Because that was the thing we used to say all the time. Because that would have been one of them I would have had to have asked about. Because I'm kind of leery. No, I'm really leery of getting rid of all the little ancillary taxes. Mm-hmm. Because eventually you have more and more people who don't pay any tax. Mm-hmm. And then all of those people get together and say, yeah, raise taxes on the people that are paying. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just giving a, 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 you know, a yellow flag sure. warning, warning before we get too far. But that's just those two online sales tax. I mean, we're talking billions of dollars. Billions. And remember, the hardest part gut, gut punch for this year to me was record budgeted for last year. Right. And a hundred one point five billion dollars across both budgets came in above and beyond last year. So everything that mm-hmm. was like, you know, all the budget spent, everything, you know, everybody got what they wanted, and we got an extra surplus. You could have paid for a grocery tax reduction for three years. You could have done school choice and given private kids, absolutely, private school kids for three years and never missed it. Never missed a beat. And if you go back and y'all should mm-hmm. dig into what. The $1.5 billion was spent on. I mean, we're advertising at the World Games. Southern Research is getting more money. I mean, every place you can imagine was just shoveled money. And I, I just, I, I don't understand. And you said earlier, we put out policies that Alabamians would like. Maybe, but really we just put out policies that reflected the values they said when they ran for office. Right. And that's, right. to me, that's the a big distinction is we're not, we're not even talking about philosophical debates on what's appropriate tax rate or private schools this we're having a philosophical debate about you said one thing and you're doing another well that's, i told that's the not ladies politics we had a me. caucus meeting that's not have anything to do with with <clears throat> republican democrat anything do what you say you're going to do right. you run as a big democrat dixiecrat right big government social conservative then that would be fine you, then then you should talk to the people and mm-hmm. say i don't think you should vote for somebody like that right. the people are voting for someone who espouses their values but they're not doing it they're not getting i think it. that's where you can have people with a higher level of frustration that goes beyond oh we just disagree on tax rates right that's not where we're well, at no, i've told the ladies and you need to be very very you know be leery of this the time that fellow legislators were the angriest at me was when in a, in a caucus meeting i said look all i'm asking y'all to do is vote the way you said you would. I helped you with your mail pieces. I helped you in your campaign. I know you said you were for this. I'm just asking you to vote with me because you said you were for us, for it. And they were livid. Yeah. So when you try to explain it to them that way, I'm just telling you, it's not making you any brownie points. <laughs> but that's what they do. It's like what we're seeing with Roe v. Wade and this, you know, most pro-life bill ever passed. Oh, wait a second. I didn't think it was actually going to pass. I didn't think it would or ever we were going to have to actually follow through with it, you know, and now everybody's backpedaling. And that's just, that's just what you see. It's been increasingly disappointing to watch Montgomery. And I've really only been following along for maybe three sessions. And every year I'm just like, oh my God, can it get any worse? And it does. Wait till you're as old as we are following it. You'll have already yeah, you're given it up. You're still, well, still young and when it comes to politics. Sorry. So let me well, ask this question. I don't think anywhere, and, and this is a compliment to, to API, where in this scorecard does it say conservative versus non-conservative? Is there a is there it a doesn't. column that says it just says top ten, worst ten? Mm-hmm. Where does it say conservative versus liberal? Doesn't it? It just ranks voting based on the uh, issue sets here. Right. So what legislators are saying when they call and complain, or they're upset, or they don't want their constituents to know, they're basically saying that the Alabama Policy Institute must be conservative Alabama values. And since they didn't score that well, since they didn't score that well, because that's what I've been told. How could you rank him? He's not conservative. It doesn't say conservative in there. It just says. This is what I want to show the people. It just doesn't say conservative. It doesn't say liberal. It says that the high scoring. Oh, it does say Republican. It does. Okay, so the high-scoring well, Republican. It's between the Republicans. Yes. Right, and then there's Democrats over there. Here we go. High-scoring Republican, 90%. Highest-scoring Democrat, 69%. Lowest-scoring Republican, 31%. You have Democrats scoring higher 
than your that. Christian conservative the average Democrat scored who higher. are nice and you go to church with. This isn't about I mean, nice. This is about policy. Right. This is and keeping why your word. the rest of America looks it. at us and is like, what is wrong with y'all? Right. Y'all are supposed to be red of red of red. And we are so purple. No. Maybe. I mean, it. it's. It's scary. So let's kind of walk through the Senate watch list and some of these. Um, man, number one. So is the legislator or is the legislature more liberal or more purple than the people of the state? Is that is that a fair assessment? Certainly, when it comes to fiscal policy, that's obvious. Yeah, I mean, and you said it a minute ago. The people of Alabama, they vote for these candidates because these candidates say, "I'm." Pro-God, pro-gun, pro-business, smaller government, personal responsibility. And they go to Montgomery and they're not those things. And, and so it's uh, the male piece it's not I'm the getting, people's fault. Yeah, the male pieces I'm getting are way more specific now. I'm for less government reducing spending right. specifics that you can't even hide behind generalities. But again, it's not reflected in how they're voting. And, and obviously right. the money is, you know, when you've got 100% of everybody voting for a budget, then you know everybody got what they wanted mm-hmm. except us. That means mm-hmm. the people are losing. There should be, they should only be able to vote a budget by a simple one person majority because that means all these other it people did very, not get what they wanted. Very rare, very rare that people voted no on the budgets. Right. Even in the old days. Very right. rare. Really? Right. Very rare. Like you're a pariah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, they and, would say and these are like, different. Well, you're not going to get something. Well, I don't remember asking for anything. Fine. Right. Do right. it. Yep. Mm. Yep. So it's one piece. Crazy. So Sam Gavan, who's one of my favorites, I really like him. He's super cool. But besides that. So that was the highest ranking senator? 90%. And that was on a curve. So y'all ended up having to curve this just y'all to give anybody it? an A. Curved it. Curved yep. everybody up a little bit. Um, well, that was good in college. Gerald Allen, number two. Larry Stutz. And I do think, Allison, it's worth looking at the lifetime score. Because if you were to go back and pull 2021, it was mostly... Uh, social policies. And so I think given that this year was was so heavily weighted towards the fiscal side that the lifetime's a pretty good representation if, if someone either. So you could get, you know, well, wow, they're really fiscal conservative, mm-hmm. which we don't have a whole lot of those, or they're really socially conservative. When you combine them, you can kind of see a good look of the lifetime. So what is the minor income tax? Isn't that a great question? What is it? Where, Scott? Minor income tax. I don't have my glasses on. House Bill one, House Bill one sixty two. I mean, is it? Is it we decided that little kids cutting grass needed to pay their taxes? <laughs> or does it just mean a little tax? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a small tax. I'm not. But, I'm against big taxes, but not minor taxes. Not minor taxes. Are we going to talk about the AEA at some point? Because please, I, can we? I'm just getting okay. So Arthur or number four for this year. You get to Chris Elliott. Number five, Chris Elliott over. Now, this is a lifetime, you know, since the, I don't know how long he's been in office, taking $85,000 from the AEA. Unless you think we're making that up right 85, here. $85,000. Hmm. Okay. So I take it he's against school choice. I, I, <laughs> no, actually, I don't know. Maybe don't he's know. not. Maybe he is. Um, You know, and I think Will Ainsworth was one of the top ones, too, with like a. 80 something as well. Yes. Or a hundred and something. Okay. So he may have been the $110,000 winner. I, we need to go back and look that? at that. So then you go down. Okay. What I think is interesting when you get to number 17, um, you, you get through a few more Republicans and then you get to Kirk Hatcher, district 26 Democrat, who is, has a higher, Rating this year than Clay Schofield, Greg Reed, Garland Gudger, Shea Shellnut. I mean, I don't know. I, I, that just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Now, I get it's a weird year, but it's just kind of bizarre. Um, I mean, he voted at, for school choice, the charter, and AAA funding. He voted for the, the minor tax increase. And the reason why we say minor is because when, when, the speaker was saying they passed historic <laughs> giant tax, yes, yeah, tax cuts. Tax oh, cuts. Isn't it like yeah. the hundred dollar business tax? So this is this is recent tax cuts. That's what Georgia did. 
There's Arizona, Iowa, Colorado, Florida. These aren't like hard rates. And this is our historic tax cut. <laughs> this is this is not a joke. This is straight from the state. So <laughs> that's historic. Yeah. But he welcome to wow. Ruby Red, Alabama. Mr. Well, uh, you know, historic relative. We don't do a lot of tax cutting. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> that's why everybody failed. And, wow. And, and you know, the other thing that's that I, I will call it controversial because many have complained to me is that we also uh, score the local bills. Oh, and, yeah, and that's tough. Well, here's what I say every time. If you don't like voting on the local bills, then freaking Change fix the it. You're the majority. I don't understand. Like every time I get yeah. told, well, you don't understand where um, everything's earmarked. Well, freaking fix it. Yeah. Yeah. If you on, can't on fix it, who Hello, can? Yeah. Yeah. the majority. Right. So I think people Stop hide, enabling. We, yeah. we, we hide behind it. And, and and certain legislators that want to talk and understand this, it's like, well, it's leadership's fault. It's the governor's fault. And you're just like, it's all passing bucks. So fix that. I, I think it's stupid that they vote on it. I don't know how you feel about it. You don't Scott. have to vote on other people's local taxes. No, I'm just thinking it's stupid that it has to become I didn't for, vote on our own local for the taxes. legislature anyway. <laughs> so I think let, let the local do what the local wants. Don't have to have oversight by the big state. The, but, the bottom line is a group of legislators, and it doesn't have to be a big group because we had a group that, that caused some of these things to, to change. They can get together and say, okay, look, we're going to stick together. We're going to be our own little group. And we're not going to allow this stuff to happen. Yeah. And if it does, it's going to be slow and painful, and the leadership won't get what they want. And when the leadership come and say, comes to them and says, well, you're not going to get anything, you do have to be prepared to say, that's fine. I don't I don't want anything. I don't need anything. Mm -hmm. Because what else are they going to attack you What percentage you with? of legis legislators will actually do that besides Andrew Sorrell? And, and I don't know if Andrew has any you know accomplices and, and allies, but we had – when I was in a in the house, there was a group of guys that would do that. When I was in the Senate, that there was were a back group, in the good old days. Back in the old 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 days. Hmm. But but the point is, you, they if, could do if, it if you had that, a handful of guys or girls. You can do that yeah. absolutely. And but I, but I want to warn people about this one thing. If you if you want your legislator to really try to fix this stuff, you got to be for her, even if she can't bring money back to the uh, to the school to fix their lunchroom. Fix your own lunchroom and let your legislator try to fix this. Because a bunch of these people are not corrupted. They're not criminals. They're not compromised. But they do get compromised by the people back home who say, we really need we really need mm -hmm. an addition to the lunchroom, and you're the only one who can get it. And when they go and ask in that budget for some money, just even it's $100,000, $50,000 for the budget, they almost have to sign in blood to be for it. No and and so people back home, and in my experience was the people back home, I had one of the reddest of the red districts in the state, period. And people would come and say, we need this, we need this. And the, and the honest truth was most of them were old Democrats. Mm -hmm. But they had switched over, and now they were party this and chairman that and all this kind of stuff. So there's a tremendous amount of pressure put on some of these guys and girls to bring something back. And if you have to bring something back – those purse strings become very, very powerful. So some of it's our fault. Right. Because we want them to bring that back for the school or we want them to bring this special thing back. And you, you got to get this road done. Why? Well, you got to get this road done. Why? Economic development. Does it go by your business? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. that, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. There's always that pressure. And so we've got to free them up. We've got to elect them based on, we don't want you to do anything, but fix this. I can't. I can't afford to keep paying the taxes. I can't afford to do That's whatever. That's such a good point. I haven't thought about it from that perspective. But what I always say, like um, like with local Alabama that I started like talking to legislators, like blame it on us. Blame it on the people. Like go back and tell your caucus, I cannot vote for that because the people are telling me this is what they want. Mm -hmm. That's where the responsibility does fall on us too, right. to be vocal and to speak up for what we want because scorecards come out. Everybody gets all fired up. And then, you know, as conservatives, we're usually just go back to our job, raising our family, doing what we do, and we kind of forget. And it's why we are where we are. So, you know. Yeah, that's, we, that's why we did this, because they no longer could say that, because they'd say, well, you know, old adage when I was in D.C., don't do anything that gets you on the front page of the Washington Post. I mean, that was 20 years ago when I first went there. So the legislature, somebody come to him and say, and he was like, you know, that's not showing up in the paper. You know, it's not showing up anywhere. Like, we'll, mm. we'll actually, if you do this, we'll actually get a really great op-ed put out. They'll tell everybody you're a great conservative. So that's where it's 
it's completely broken down that there is no one, there is no accountability yeah. in that and, area. And I also think that we need to adjust our lens and our definition of what success means when you can't get that lunchroom addition. Right. Um, so adjusting the focus to, like you always said, try to stop some of the foolishness from happening, but also know that they're not successful based on whether or not they got you that new wing of the school right. that you may or may not use. But then here's something that the legislators can do is when you go for a vote and you say, okay, I'll go back and ask for that, get on your iPhone and record, I just asked for this, like you guys asked me to, and they said no. Hmm. Right. There you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So at least people know, you know that transparency is happening, that they're being heard, the request is being made, whatever it may be. But what would happen if that were to happen? If people just pulled out their phone every time that they tried to do the right thing and made a recording of it, there's accountability right there on all ends. One of the things that helped me a lot back in the old days, thank you, the old She's days, so old. I know, Ugh. was that um, I would go to a meeting, town hall meeting, whatever, and there would always be these two or three things that people would be like, you got to kill this, you got to kill this, you need to be against this, you need to be against this. And then, then the group would say, but we want this. Can you bring us? I say, okay, fine. <laughs> Which one of those do you want me to trade? Because yeah. when I go with your request, mm -hmm. they're going to say, Senator, I need you to be for this bill. If you're for this bill, mm -hmm. then we can probably work on your needs at the school. Mm -hmm. So which one do you want me to trade that for? And like, I don't, we don't want you to trade it. I'm like, okay, I'm with you. That's my policy. Which, which I'm the, not trading either. That's indicative of government in general. Anytime we ask government to give us something, care for us, we and we by nature lose freedom in that. Yes. Right. And so I think one thing, at least for me, people in Alabama, if they say they're for less government, then they didn't expect less from government. Quit asking government to solve all solutions. If you look at Governor Abbey's press conferences, Every single press conference is about here's how she as head of government is going to solve a, a problem of mm -hmm. ours, either right. through giving out some of our money to somebody or creating a new program. So that, to me, that's where you have to say we need to take care of our own issues. But number two is I would argue in the way I see the legislature's role strictly is to keep government off of me, to protect mm -hmm. my liberties yes. from government, not horse trade my rights, not get me money. Um, it's literally so that we all can be in our communities, raising our families, creating jobs, working, right, in our churches. And you don't have to worry about the government getting you because my elected representative is there shielding me, fighting the beast mm. on my behalf. Right. But I don't think that your average legislator sees that as the role. And, and you're right. Part of it is because people come to them, I'd argue probably not conservatives, and then want them to get something from government. And once you mm -hmm. make the trade, all bets are off. Yeah, then you're, then you're locked in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed. So we only have like 10 more minutes. Okay. So we're going to go through the House real quick. So at the bottom of the Senate, though, you've got David Sessions as uh, number 34. I thought he was a Republican. He is. And then number 35 is Priscilla Dunn, Democrat. And, and do look, Allison, look at all the gray space. You see, those are all key vote bills that they never had the opportunity to vote on, them, which are all of our okay. really great bills. So that's what killed it this year. I put that on our leadership, year. our conservative Republican leadership that wouldn't bring up. I mean, these the anti-rioting bill was there. Um, the emergency powers, the state. Well, no. Sorry, the, the state health. Oh, oh, there was one. Oh yeah, on no, none side. of the balancing of powers came about. So everybody yeah. that's complaining about. They're ticked about essential and unessential, and they're ticked about masks and vaccine mm -hmm. mandates. Mm -hmm. All of them had the opportunity to fix that. And right. All of them could have stopped right. it. So we're all vulnerable to the exact same thing happening when, you know, China or whoever creates another pandemic. Does, does anyone right. remember? Fix it. No. Do y'all remember? However, how many pieces of legislation did the Senate pass? How many pieces did the House pass? It had to be hundreds. So, so the point is when they, when they pass hundreds of pieces of legislation and they have this handful that they think skewed their their uh, their grade, mm -hmm. they could have passed these. Yeah, mm -hmm. they could have. They could have right. voted on these. They absolutely could have. Yep. Well, forget the grade. Like they spent time making sure we could buy beer from a food truck instead of passing and getting some of these really good bills, conservative issues on the floor. So for the House, we have highest scoring Republican Andrew Sorrell at ninety percent, lowest Jones Jr. What's his first name? Um, high, highest Democrat, 78%. Okay, let me go back. Jones Jr., 43%. Mm -hmm. 
and lowest Democrat. The lowest Democrat in the House was 55% and Jones was 43. I mean, I just. So the lowest person in the House was a Republican? Uh, Yeah. Wow. Y'all. I mean. Yep. So. And this, this is a great page. If y'all ever talk about again on 16, why are budgets key votes? This, this hits a lot of the talking points that I was. Yeah, that's early. outstanding. Just, just now, where, where can people out there watching this podcast, where can they get this information? Where do they go to find this scorecard? And the Yep, alabamapolicy.org. Alabamapolicy.org. Mm-hmm. All out there. Yep. So Andrew Sorrell, shout out to Arnold Mooney, who's my representative. Mike Holmes, number four, Charlotte Meadows, which, whoo, her redistricting, she took a hit. Mm-hmm. Were they we'll trying to get rid of her? There. I don't know. I don't know why. What if, was that? If her district changed a tremendous amount, I'll just, yeah. I'm not saying, I don't know for sure, but it would seem like there is a people. somebody wanted yeah. her to go home. So Barbara Drummond, Democrat, number five, Kenneth Pascal, number six. Hey, rock star. Yeah. Newbie doing mm-hmm. well. Tommy Haynes. But you know, it's interesting. The top, top three out of, out of the top 13, three out of the top 13 are Democrats. Isn't that fascinating? A lot of it was the anti-protest bill, which was, mm. you know, if y'all haven't talked about it before, that's a pretty wild bill. Yeah, yeah we Democrats need to touch on that if we have time. That. I think it was a political deal. Yeah. Well, because it really was a bad bill. I thought it was horrific. Yeah. But every Republican in the House voted for it. It was My awful. understanding it was a, a horse trade vote in order to be able to vote for constitutional carry to placate the Sheriff's Association Um that, it, that's my understanding. I it don't basically know says the anti-rioting bill, which sounds good, says that if there are five or more people standing on a sidewalk that look, aren't even doing anything illegal, but look suspicious, you can deem the, them a riot, call the police, whatever. I mean... You spend a minimum of 24 hours in jail. Yeah. And it's all the law enforcement offers and officers' interpretation of your potential for intent and violence. That's Germany you, stuff. So, so this you could, could be, be protesting in a pro-life. A hundred percent. That's, that's yeah. what I mean. But it was all geared towards BLM in Birmingham, which the problem in Birmingham is the mayor just didn't enforce the law and let right. them tear everybody's business the up. The laws right. are there. So right. why does big state now need to, because I'll end up in jail under this bill. So I could tell everybody I will end up in jail under this bill. Mm-hmm. If well, if we grab Brian and go hang out on the sidewalk, we'll we, end up we in jail. all go down. Now the old bill used to be two people could be a demonstration. And that was one of the racist things that was passed in the old days. This this is so, a demonstration. So, this is a violent So, so this one, this one just expands, changes from two to five, but then leaves it totally. Good grief. This is 1984. You just went for an yeah. intent crime. The <laughs> eyes have hills. They're watching you. And, and it wasn't, remember, it's five or more. So you could be standing over there and there could be a crowd gathering. Some guy right. throws a punch. So you're, you're going. You're going with Minimum of 24 hours in jail. And if you're convicted, minimum of 36 uh, months in prison. This was this was heinous, in my opinion. So, no thought to how this would end up. I mean, when they just said, "Okay, we're going to vote for this." Oh, and like the Republican, they all thought it was. They, most of them thought it was a great bill. They it's didn't bizarre. really understand it when you unpacked the ramifications. That's their they would job all say to oh, understand it's bad. it. But it like, came kind of quick, and they would say leadership threw it on them last minute, and it was shuffled, and and some of them. Trust leadership and, and trust their yeah don't people wouldn't put them in that spot but this one mm. this one was egregious so it must be slow I had learners. no idea I did oh, it not was know so it was awful so was Tim awful. Wadsworth number fourteen Republican I just wanted to point out he's taken one hundred and seventeen thousand dollars from the AEA okay wait a second I, that I also I, scored the gas tax uh, or not uh, scored but again one hundred and seventeen thousand. And this is still something that the Republican Party highly discourages. I can't quite figure out where the disconnect is coming in. Um, anyway, so through. so the gas tax vote is on here. So it's, all of you, all of you people listening out at home, if you go and check out the scorecard, AlabamaPolicy.org, find it. You can find out if your legislator voted for the gas tax. And I would advise people to. Do that while you're waiting on the gas pump to fill up your car. Just get on your phone, see who voted for the gas tax. It's a perfect time. You don't have anything to do while the uh, it's just going. <laughs> anyway, it'll be great. And it's it's not actually a part of any score because this started past, but this mm-hmm. just shows you who did and who didn't, but it's yeah. not incorporated in the score. Well, and I think what 
you know, in regards specifically to AEA and the money that we just touched on, I love having this in my hand that you can look and see who received what, because for so long you didn't really know, or you're a regular person like me and you're like, how do you find out exactly how they got all that money? Here it is. There is no hiding. That's the other piece that I think might be my favorite about this, because you can see with your own eyes yeah. how lobbying affects your family. Mm-hmm. This, this, like the gas tax and the grocery tax that wasn't eliminated, this hits close to home. So the one I want to talk about that is just bizarre is Jim Carnes, who is... What number is he? He's number 89. 89? He served, he, he scored okay. a 59.1. Okay. Okay. How did that happen? Let's um, talk he voted wrong and right. For all the budgets. Right. He voted for wrong and right. Yes. Because to me, he's <laughs> one that I think about that is like a champion for conservative, I guess, socially mm-hmm. conservative things. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, this just is what it is. And you, you all scored the way you scored. I will say... Everything is nuanced. Mm -hmm. And so to always view these things through that. Um, And there are a lot of other national scorecards. I'm kind of curious how this, like with CPAC or Club for Growth, nationally, how do these compare? How does the API compare? They kind of. Club for Growth hasn't released one yet. Theirs was scathing compared to ours when they released it the first time. So Um, we'll look for that when it comes back. But. But yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's right there. Um, voted for that riot bill and for the two budgets, and yeah, the only thing he voted for was the minor income tax bill and the AAA funding. Um, but he wasn't given even the opportunity to vote for the charter school bill. Yeah, patient's choice. But nobody was given the opportunity. That's, That's right. what I'm saying. And so, so yeah. it's well, really even playing field. Well, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's even. an even playing field, and it's like. And Jim's one of my good friends, and, and I do consider him one of the most conservative members. Again, though, this doesn't say conservative or not conservative it says these were the things we said we would be watching yeah and y'all went and voted for them so so jim voted this way and 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 he gets this score that's that's the thing is that and here's is it's also like having a class that has a midterm and a final Mm. so there's two tests yeah compared to a class that has a test every week and you have 10 chances to score. Well, they only had a midterm and a final basically because yeah. the leadership decided they couldn't vote on all these other things. That's correct. So th- your score can only be based on what the legislators leadership decided they would get scored. Right. On. So that's what and they do. Hope this they motivates. should really be blaming the leadership more than they should blame API in my right. opinion. That's where I hope it motivates those to say, I would have voted yes on all these bills and would have had a 92 mm-hmm. right? to be more assertive and aggressive in Montgomery to fight for these good things yeah. that everybody agrees. I mean, not a single person legislating this entire sheet called and said, I don't think you should have included all this gray space on there. Like, they, like they were all okay with the grade, um, but we failed to get these to votes. Mm-hmm. So. More has to be done to, to make yeah, and these I guess good things you would, I, I, For myself, I would be fine with a legislator saying, you know what, I'm probably going to vote for the budget, but leadership, you got to give me these two. Mm-hmm. You got to give me these three votes because mm-hmm. they're going to score these, and I'm going to vote yes on those. If you want me on the budget, give me these. Give me school choice. Give me so and so. Yeah, I'll take the budget hit for you, but I've, we've mm-hmm. got to get That something. would be an improvement. How to get an A yeah. by Scott B. Give give. <laughs> Work yes. the system. Give, give me a chance. For right, you're welcome. Yeah, I mean, isn't that true though? Give me, yeah, give me oh, a chance. Absolutely. Give, let me do some of these. Well, and here's the thing that Allison's group is so good at, and that we're trying to tell people is we've got your back. Right. Yeah, we want you to vote. We really with are us. for you. Right. We are mm-hmm. for you, but we we're not coming right. against you. We're just asking you why. Right. Because you can't hide. But if you're with us and you're for us. We've got your back every yeah. time. Well, it goes but back. also use yeah. the power of social media, though, when you do go vote and when you are up and you're having conversations. Let know what you're like, doing. Let people know. Let people in on what those you know, conference room conversations are like. Obviously not giving away private information, mm-hmm. but be transparent. I well, want you to be transparent. Well, let people know, hey, I, we just found out we're not going to vote on school choice. Yes. Can you imagine says, what would happen? Yeah, let people kind of know those things and it would help. Because I really would rather hear that than see a picture of my legislator at the pancake breakfast. I really I hate that. 
and you <laughs> touched on that because everybody's the happy at the pancake breakfast. You know what I'm saying? Because they're sugared up, of course. Yeah. So I mean, just give me something that's. And some of these guys that didn't score very well, they're my friends. I support them. I'm, yep. I've, people were asking me about some of these districts in the last couple of days, and I said, "Hey, you got to be for him. He's he's conservative. He absolutely is." But it really does come down to these were the only test. Mm-hmm. And and not getting these other things up for votes, that's legislators' fault. But that's why we send you to Mc- exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. It is very easy. Like Horse where... trading is is real. And if you say, yeah. "Look, I can help you with this, but you got to help me with that," there's nothing really wrong with that. Yeah, people get well, all as long as touchy you don't about compromise it. Yeah, on like exactly. the essentials and the the, the right. bedrocks of mm-hmm. conservatism. That's right. And, yes, absolutely. But that's what usually happens. Mm, yeah, so it's because the people. People who understand it are better at it usually, yeah. and they take advantage and, of but folks. But the, the budgets still matter because if government has less, has right. more yes. money than you do, right. you are subservient to government. Right. They should That's only have the minimal amount of money is necessary. Correct. Mm-hmm. So all other freedoms we keep horse trading are totally useless when they just decide, you know, it's enough, it's enough. We that's got right. all the money, we'll take them. So that's why we keep having to come back to the money is essential to all our other freedoms right. out yeah. there. Uh, you know, if we get ESAs and that changes the whole ball game of AEA, what? Who cares? Everybody's got their money. They go to school, their choice. Like we could totally take the power back mm-hmm. if we take our money back. Right. That's that's the distinctive difference. So I don't want to. Granted, they would have done better. No, I agree. Those, but, I agree. But I'm just explaining really, how really, really matter. Right. It, this, again, we're not in a scenario where they're having the bottom of the barrel and we're right. beating people to death for following their constitutional obligation to pass a budget. We're just saying, right. and all we said was. We didn't even say cut. This no vote was don't make it bigger than last year's historic budget. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that they voted for budgets. Yeah. It was we asked for a level funding budget because there was no justification for any increase in spending. Right. Yes, there's inflation, but we're all experiencing inflation and government's been getting raises after raises anyway. I mean, it's so right. second year raises for all government employees. Private sector didn't necessarily get that. So I think that is critical to focus mm-hmm. on as you guys are going because that really at the end of the day is the biggest thing that matters the money mm-hmm. that's so this is i just had a thought for another podcast maybe if you don't hate us for having you on you'll come back and it would be a great discussion about what is the role of government i think we've lost perspective on Absolutely. exactly what government like why mm-hmm. it's a god-ordained institution mm-hmm. why do we have it what is its role we're so conditioned to think it is to provide my child with public school. Well, no, it wasn't originally like that. Right. You know, and we just, it's its to have the bus that picks up my kid every morning. Nope. So that would be actually a great discussion to just go back to the basics of what is the role of government. Because mm-hmm. I think our minds are kind of Yep. And, ma- and maybe it made sense when everybody was on the same page. But this is what happened when we do centralization. Once, you, mm-hmm. once we centralize, which we've done with public education, mm-hmm. The bad man always knows where to go, infiltrates, and then we're, we're all wrecked. Yep. We, everything right, right. should be de- mercy. decentralized. Yeah. That's why conservatives mm-hmm. believe family unit first, and then you know smaller government here, and then you branch up. You want decentralization so that tyranny can't reign. That's how tyranny reigns. Mm-hmm. Tyranny can't take over a whole bunch of decentralized units. So we're at a place now that government, in my opinion, has become corrupted. Look at what they're teaching in public schools. Mm-hmm. API is working on looking at a report of the, the bands that DeSantis did for all these textbooks that have all this poison in them. Yes. Right. We just did an overlay. We've got just as many being taught in our public schools here, just as many. So it, that's infiltrated. So now we've got to rip back and get back mm-hmm. and have all our own options. Oh, on we've got to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. Fascinating. Maybe you could be yeah. our fourth host. No, you don't want me here. You probably don't have me back. So I, I, do. Hey, so I, I know you got to go, but just I'm outnumbered, I, since but. I called out the bottom <laughs> of the Senate, I'm going to call out the bottom of okay. the, oh, the yeah. House. Oh, yes, please. That would be um, our speaker, Matt McCutcheon, came in 96, sort of, scored a 56. Will Dismukes, um, uh, two Democrats in the bottom. And then below Rod Scott, who's a Democrat, number 99, is Victor Gaston and Mike Jones Jr. at a 42.6. So it's just weird. I don't know what next year brings. Actually, next Tuesday. Hmm. We'll see what next Tuesday brings. Can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, we'll be back here next Wednesday. It. To see what happens in the postmortem. And we didn't even do our uh, our show on commercials. It's too late. We'll I'm so we, over the uh, commercials. We might just. We're just glad they're going to be over. Yeah. But we could make one up. 
Make a commercial? Yeah. We Next know what week. to do. We do know what to do. <laughs> and Alabama. <laughs> Caleb's going to come back for that one. You're Caleb, I appreciate it. Thanks Thank for the work y'all do at API much. and uh, for coming by and explaining the, the scorecard. Ladies, any last uh Caleb, do you have any last? No, thank you for having me. Say your piece. I really appreciate it. Grateful. (laughs) Good deal. Anything? Nope. You finished? Are you sure? Surprisingly, I'm done. You're right. Surprisingly. I am. You sure? (laughs) I'm sure. Okay, great. Hey, thanks for watching the program. We hope you will go to, uh, where's all the places? 1819news.com. YouTube. Check it out. YouTube. I missed that one earlier. Spotify. Spotify. Podbean. Gab. Give us a good Um, rating. Five stars. Five oh, stars, and thumbs share. up. Share us with your friends and, and family. You know what? Sign up for the newsletter. Yeah, sign that up for would be very important. Sign up for eighteen nineteen news- newsletter. It comes yeah. every morning, right? It's Just like the morning edition. The morning edition. It's like the old school paper at your doorstep. It's what you need Subjects. to get through your day and train your dog to bring it. Yeah. Possibly. No, you just train your <laughs> you have finger. To do it that way. You, just you get your dog flip. to do it. Just like that. No. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, thanks Done. for being with us. We'll see y'all again next time.